It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. Trying as the sideline, 10-5, and an Indian touchdown. That'll put the icing on the cake. To the pros. Deep left center field, Isbell sprints over into the gap, dives, and he made the catch. Whoa, Kyle Isbell out of nowhere. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Boyd on the attack, far side swing, blocked back there by Kummerl and Linton. A great block on the swing, far side over there by Butkey. And the Cowgirls get on the board. First and 10, Thorson looking to throw right side. Cure is open and he will make the catch and he's in the end zone. A beautiful throw from Zach Thorson right over the outside shoulder. Cure hauls it in. It's 23-0 Goodland. Hand off Devin Neal at the five, still on his feet. He dives to the end zone. He's in. Boom! Touchdown, Kansas. Devin Neal delivers and the Jayhawks storm back to take the lead with 55 seconds to go. Right side run. This is Giddens, oh, he got a block at the five to the pylon. Touchdown, Wildcats. Wilson snap with a clean pocket now. Coming to this backside as Karloftis knocks the ball out. It's loose at Kansas City's got the ball. Russell in the pocket, bounces around, can break contain. Throws the ball back in the end zone. Touchdown, Denver! Cortland Sutton. This is a huge win for Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos as they have beaten the world champions here in Denver, breaking a 16-game losing streak in the process. Final score today, Denver 24, Kansas City 9. Happy Monday morning, everybody. We're back here on the Morning Blitz. Broadcasting on 1025 U-Rock, AM 730, Fox Sports Tri-State, of course, also online at nwksradio.net, and the Rocking M app. So glad you're with us here on a Monday, October the 30th, just the two days left here in the month of October. I hope everybody stayed warm this weekend, very cold, uh, cold start to the day. Uh, today, temperatures starting out here on your Monday morning, sitting at around a nice balmy 16 but on our way to a high of 48, that's still, what, uh, 12 degrees? No, 14 degrees warmer than yesterday. Uh, temperatures sitting around, what, to just above freezing on Saturday and Sunday. So warmer days today and warmer days to come. For those who were like, I can't stand that cold weather quite yet, don't worry. Cooler temp- or warmer temperatures on the way. Temp's going to reach into the 60s, it looks like, by the end of this week. So for those who are not cold weather fans, that's fine. I admit I'm, I like the changing of the seasons. It's perfectly fine with me, although I admit I'm not quite used to the the, the, the quick drop in temperature. I've even got my coat on here in studio, so uh, still trying to get adjusted to the cold temps, but uh, we'll get there. Don't you worry. Uh, it's a full show here on a Monday. We will get to our weekend winners and losers in just a matter of moments. Uh, Christian Pekdemic going to join us on the program as well, talking a little Colby High School football as they wrapped up their regular season on Friday night down at number one, Cheney. Uh, as expected, it was a lopsided loss for Colby. Nothing to hang your head about. That's the number one team in the state. Uh, but we'll get his thoughts on the season as a whole and probably also quiz him a little bit about his uh, Detroit Lions as uh, they have Monday Night Football scheduled for tonight against the Oakland Raiders. So we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on uh, in our program. Uh, also, we will uh, get to the leftovers. I think we don't get to in our 
weekend winners and losers will highlight at the very end of the show. As always, if you'd like to be part of the program, you can hit us up on our text line, the number 785-899-2222, the number be part of the Morning Blitz. Uh, if you have a weekend winner or a weekend loser, uh, by all means, shoot them our way at 785-899-2222. All right, let's waste no more time. Let's get into our weekend winners and losers. And who are the big losers here of this past weekend? Let's find out right now. There are two kinds of people in this world. There's winners and there's losers. Which ones were which this past weekend? I want winners. Loser, you're a loser. It's the weekend's winners and losers on the Morning Blitz. Gonna be a winner, be a winner. Our first winners of the weekend. Anybody who took home some hardware from state volleyball or state cross country this past weekend. It's a very busy weekend, starting Friday with pool play of state volleyball. And then if you're good enough to advance out of the pool play, you move into uh, the tournament round. And if you can hopefully take home some hardware, finishing inside the top three spots, uh, that's usually pretty darn good. Uh, but you want to try to advance into that out of the pool play, play on Saturday. Had a couple area teams that did in volleyball. And then, of course, on Saturday there was state cross country, either in Lawrence or also at Wamigo, and there were plenty of uh, medals and hardware brought home there by local area athletes. So first and foremost, starting with a state championship brought home, that was by the Quinter Boys cross-country team. The Quinter Boys cross-country team continued the number one team in 1A. They proved it once again, bringing home the top place uh, after running there at Wamigo. They had a great showing. Did the, uh, did the Quinter Boys, they had what a left four guys finish inside uh, the top 20 led by Elliott Churchwell's 11th place. So they didn't have anybody finish inside the top 10, but they had four finish inside the top 20, and the Bulldogs, that's enough to, for them to take home a state championship there in 1A. So they had a great showing. So did the Hoxie boys. They ended up finishing second in 2A. Uh, sorry, they just finishing fourth in 2A, excuse me. Uh, but they had two guys finishing inside the top 20, Michael Hafner, and uh, Aaron Keith both placed inside the top 20 to help lead the Indians to a good finish there for them. Uh, there were other teams that did decent but, uh, you know, didn't get any type of hardware. Oakley girls team finished in seventh place in the team standings. Uh, Quinter girls, they placed sixth in the team standings. So those were your four teams that made it to state. Both Quinter teams, Hoxie boys and Quinter girls, they made it all to state as teams. Once again, only I believe Hoxie and Quinter brought home some hardware uh, with their placing as, as a squad. Uh, plenty of individuals. Eight area runners placed as individuals. That included freshman from Colby, Faith Hoover. She finished in the top ten. She placed eighth. Uh, and then in two-way, you had Hoxie's Tegan Lindemann. She placed eighth overall. Oakley's Daisha Allison. I think she came in 23rd. Uh, she was the top runner for Oakley in the two-way. Uh, we mentioned Hoxie there on their side of things. Oh, Oakley's Isaiah Reberchek came in 43rd. He did not place, but his that's where he ended up. Um, and then in 1A, plenty of great showings. Emma Weimer of Gold of Golden Plains placing fourth as an individual in their race. Wallace County's Evan Pierce, he placed eighth as an individual. Uh, Brewster's Carson Schmidt came in 35th. But so once again, you had like two teams really do pretty well. Hoxie Boys finishing in fourth and. Golden Plain, or sorry, and uh, Quinter finishing in first, bringing home a state championship, and then eight area runners bringing home some sort of hardware individually. So pretty solid showing there in cross country from this past weekend, whether it was in Lawrence, at Rimrock, or at the Wamigo Golf Course there in Wamigo. 
So that was cross-country. Oh, and on a side note of cross-country here, big shout-out as well to Colby Community College cross-country as they, and I'm talking both the men's and the women's teams, picked up and brought home a pair of Jayhawk Community College Conference titles. The men and the women for Colby Community College cross-country both won Jayhawk Community College Conference titles on Saturday there in Iola. Uh, first place finishes all around. So I think they had the top runner in the men, top runner in the women. I think three out of five, three out of the top five were from Colby in the men's race. I think two out of the top five from Colby on the women's side. So they end up winning themselves a uh, a conference title. We'll see how that stacks up against the the uh, the tops of the cream of the crop in the junior college ranks here in the coming week or so. Uh, so congratulations, Colby Community College, cross country on their weekend as well. Moving over to volleyball, uh, two State placers in volleyball, Hoxie girls end up finishing second. They lose in straight sets to Hillsboro, who's won back-to-back state titles in 2A. But Hoxie ends up finishing with a phenomenal season this year due to the Lady Indians. Uh, but they lose to Hillsboro uh, at the, in their state tournament final. They end their season at 36-6. and That's where they end their year. And then Wallace County, with the great season, went in as the five seed uh, and ended up finding a way to... Win two mat was it? Did they win two matches? I think yeah, they won two matches in pool play. Ended up uh, playing, lost in the uh, in the first round of the tournament on Saturday, but then played for third and fourth, and ended up finishing in third place. Did Wallace County at Emporia? They finished the year at thirty and fifteen. So Wallace County and Hoxie both bringing home uh, some hardware once again. Hoxie finishing runner-up in two A. Wallace County finishing in third place in one A D two. Those two teams are the best showings of the weekend. As for the other area teams that made it to the state volleyball tournament, did not pick out of the pool play. Rollins County and Wheatland Grinnell each would go one and two uh, on Friday, but were unable to make it out of their pool play. Uh, unfortunately, you know a great career for Caroline Schrader coming to an end uh, for Wheatland Grinnell, but I feel like they're going to probably be back there again at some point in time. They got some young pieces coming back. And then the Goodland Cowgirls, they lost all three of their matches in 3A. Um, and Goodland ends their season at 23 and 18, but th- there's nothing for Goodland to hang their head on. Um, I-, I know that Coach Brumbaugh and the coach I think were a little bit disappointed that um, didn't didn't play as good as I think they hoped they would. I'm sure the girls would say the same thing. It was uh, Goodland wasn't as sharp as they had been in the previous couple of weeks. Had a, there was really no room for error, uh, and so you had to kind of. You had to continue to play very, very high-end volleyball, and that means not hurting yourself. And the Cowgirls did that a lot. Some miscommunication, some misplays. And that's going to happen when you're playing pretty much three of the best teams in the state. If you think about it, they played the number one team in the state, Olathe Heritage Christian. They played the number, or sorry, Beloit. And then they played uh, the number two team in the state, Beloit. Those two teams there are phenomenal uh, and very highly talented. And then they played the hottest team in the state at the very right time. That's Smoky Valley. Smoky Valley came in as the ninth as the as the ninth ranked overall team. I think they were the I think they might have been the fourth or the fifth seed in the tournament. They beat Beloit, ending a 55 set winning streak for Beloit and a 36 match winning streak for Beloit. Smoky Valley did. And then that with that with their win over Goodland, despite losing to Heritage Christian in the first match, they when they absolutely got stomped. I mean, it was like 25-7, 25-8. They lost. And then they were able to get the next two wins over Beloit and Goodland. They move into Saturday 
They win in the semifinals. They play Heritage Christian again. And they end up playing Heritage Christian very, very close, although OCH ends up winning their fourth consecutive state championship. I mean, it was really nutty in three because Olathe Heritage Christian that doesn't lose a lot of mass- matches. Beloit beat them uh, in pool play, and Beloit thought that was enough to get them into the state final four. It was not because it went to a third set, so I was told. So, yeah, that was that was interesting to watch in 3A and see how that all shook out. But in the end, Olathe Heritage Christian with two Division One players on it ends up winning their fourth consecutive state championship, three in 3A and one in 2A. Um, and once again, Goodland ha- had the tallest mountain, I feel like, to climb of any team. Being in there is the eight seed, have to take on the number one, number two teams in the state, and then probably the hottest team at the absolute perfect time in the state in Smoky Valley. But those are your, there you go. There's your look back at state volleyball from this past uh, Friday and rolling on into Saturday. Let's continue on our weekend winners and losers with college football teams. My goodness, what a weekend! It was in college football. Three seconds separating Kansas from a moment of historical significance. Three-step drop. Gabriel steps up, lobs to the end zone. It's tipped in the air and knocked away. KU's going to win it. (laughs) KU's going to win. Oklahoma goes down. And for the first time in nearly 30 years, Kansas with a regular season top 10 victory. And they beat the Sooners 38-33. How about Kansas football with the first win over Oklahoma since 1997? 18-game losing streak snapped uh, there to the Sooners. Uh, Give a lot of credit here uh, to Jason Bean. I'm going to give him a bunch of credit because I know I've said in the past, and I still still believe this, that if Jalen Daniels were playing, Kansas might only have one loss instead of two. Who knows, they might be unbeaten with Jalen Daniels' quarterback spot. Jason Bean, though, Put it together when it mattered the most. I mean, driving down the field, I had an interception thrown to a defensive lineman, uh, and that's when it looked like it was over for Kansas. But give credit, the defense holds. The offense gets back out there, goes down the field. Devin Neal with the winning touchdown, and then the defense holds again with less than a minute to play and give them their first one over Oklahoma. Once again, 38-33, the final score. Very impressive uh, bounce back from Jason Bean. Great showing from Kansas running backs, 225 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, That's averaging five and a half yards per carry. A great showing there from the Kansas Jayhawks in that department. But here's probably the sweetest thing for Kansas Jayhawk fans, and maybe maybe you don't know it yet, but there's something that you can probably be a little bit proud of, is that you not only in that losing streak to Oklahoma, but guess what? They're not on your schedule for the foreseeable future. They're moving on to the SEC. And so you have the lasting bragging rights over Oklahoma. You, Kansas does. That's pretty funny right there, right? That's good stuff. If you're a Kansas fan, you can puff your chest out and be like, that's right. Last time we played, which could be for a long time now, we beat you. We beat you. You can do that. Great showing from Kansas. Great all-around team effort. Lance Leipold is an amazing coach. We all knew that going in. Uh, He has just continued to prove how fantastic he is. Uh, and he continues to push KU to new heights. Uh, and he even said, you know, I've talked about the – he was talking post-game about how, well, you know, this and that, and t- I've talked about this and that and how we're going to get here. He said, I think our time might be now. They're coming into their time, that's for sure. Look out. Kansas is, is going to be in a really good spot going forward, especially if they can keep Lance Leipold around. 
Uh, other, other reason I talk about being our weekend winners of regional college football teams because it was a great weekend as well for Kansas State and Nebraska. Kansas State rolled Houston. Houston might as well have been a Division three school. Uh, K-State made it look so easy. Uh, huge day, running the football, throwing the football. Will Howard looked great. Um, and the defense has really found its own the last couple of games. They haven't given up a, a touchdown in nine straight quarters. And so to pitch, and, you know, Houston had a whole bunch, gave Texas a whole bunch of problems two weeks ago. And now the next game for Kansas State is at Texas. Huge game on the line Saturday. Last year, Texas got the best of Kansas State in Manhattan. Can the roles be reversed on Saturday morning? I'll be watching. Don't worry. Want to see how that all shakes out. Huge game on Saturday at Texas for the Kansas State Wildcats, following a 41-0 route of Houston there at the bill. And then Nebraska gets a win over Purdue. couple things stood out here. Nebraska, by the way, has won three games in a row for the first time since 2016. That's right. Nebraska had not won three consecutive games in a row. That's called a winning streak in the, in the words of the famous Lou Brown since 2016. They get it done. The defense is absolutely elite for Nebraska. They have covered up so many faults of the offense, which has been bad due to injury and other reasons but the defense is absolutely elite they help cover up the fact nebraska fumbled the football five times and losing four of them and nebraska still wins 31 14 that defense is elite and nebraska only one went away from going to a bowl for the first time since 2018 so they could go to a bowl for the first time in 2018 they finally won three games row for the first time in 2016 the matt rule effect is taking effect in nebraska and then our uh, final winner of the weekend, as many people probably know, and many of those listening out there, the Denver Broncos are a winner of the weekend. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs 24-9, beating them for the first time since 2015. Here's a couple of things that were brilliant by the Denver Broncos. Number one was the offensive game plan, which was executed well. Teams try to do it, they just can't seem to do it. When the Chiefs' offense is out there and you get them off the field, you keep them off the field. It's hard for Patrick Mahomes to beat you when he is standing on the sideline in the cold. It's really hard for him to do anything when his cleats are on the sideline. So you keep you play keep away from Patrick Mahomes, and they did that. You also get a lot of help when the Chiefs end up having five turnovers. That does not help anybody. Uh, five turnovers from the Kansas City Chiefs, that's all right. Uh, it's going to happen from time to time, but you take advantage of that, and the Broncos did that as well. But they keep Mahomes on the sideline, they force five turnovers, and they brilliantly sent a package to uh, Patrick Mahomes' house earlier this week with the flu virus on it that got his wife and kids sick, and then he got sick because of it. <laughs> I'm not saying that happened, but reading the stories about that, you know, talking about, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't feel good, you know, his wife got sick and kids got sick, and then he got sick and he felt the effects here today. I'm just like, I don't know if anybody else would ever mention that. Would they? Would they mention that? It's almost like Patrick was throwing out a little bit of an excuse there, which, don't get me wrong, it's not great to play when you're sick. Totally get that. Some people have great flu games. Some people have bad ones. Mahomes had a bad one. Uh, and the Broncos get a win, 24-9, for the first time since 2015, over the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Denver Broncos and their fans finally have that weight lifted off their shoulder. I mean, two teams, really. Kansas and Denver Bronco fans can have this massive weight lifted off their shoulders. They ended long losing streaks to teams. It probably, it probably feels a whole lot better for Denver because, once again, that is your most hated rival, and you got that lifted off your shoulder. For Kansas, you know, it's Oklahoma. So be it. 
uh, it's not your it's it's not as bad as you know Kansas State or maybe even Iowa State. Your other rival might be, but it has to feel good. It has to feel good if you are if you are either of those fan bases or programs that you got big wins this week and ending some long losing streaks of those teams. And finally, before we get to our first break, let's get to our losers of the weekend. Um, first and foremost, a funny kind of a dumb loser of the weekend, but YouTube TV, uh, which is this is the tough part about you know I, I could see being in the television industry because I know it in the radio industry from time to time when stuff just doesn't work. Like you, you have no control over technology. Sometimes it just all goes to pot, and you have nothing to. Do. There was a whole bunch of issues apparently with YouTube TV and NFL Sunday Ticket. I don't get an NFL Sunday Ticket, but I was reading on social media, and in the, it was you know part of the Athletic and stuff last night. All the issues NFL Sunday Ticket was having, and when you're going to charge people a whole bunch of money for extra things and it don't work, when you when you give when you charge people for things and it doesn't go as they plan it to go, that's a bad bad look. And so I feel bad for YouTube TV. And things of that sort, because you really need things to work. And my guess is there's a bunch of people that had no control over that. It was probably a technological issue that they did get resolved, or will have resolved by this next Sunday. But it was not a good Sunday at all. And then it was a tough weekend for some of our area football teams as their seasons came to a close um, on Friday night. Some teams' season continued. You know, we mentioned Colby already. They had their season end at Cheney, number one ranked Cheney. They lose fifty to nothing. Eagles in the year at four and five. Still a heck of a season for first year coach head coach Ryan Mosier. Uh, Oakley ended their season a 32-0 loss at Medicine Lodge. Plainsman finished the year two and seven. A great showing at the end of the year for Oakley to bounce back after an O and what O and six start to get a couple of wins, make the postseason. But then you had to play best team. That's hard to do. Um, and so you end up be finishing two and seven. Quinter was shut out at El Saline, 48 nothing. Bulldogs year ends at five and four. It was a really great start for Quinter and kind of came crashing down at the end, unfortunately for them. Um, one team that will continue their season is Greeley County. They edged Moscow 20 to 19 in the six-man playoffs. They will play at uh, at Shilin on Friday. Very tough game coming up there for the Jackrabbits, taking on the best six-man team in the state. Then you'll have uh, you know Decatur Community. They bested uh, Mankato Rock Hills. Their season ended with a win though, 38 to 20. The Red Devils in their season at three and six. And then uh, the Goodland Cowboys in their season with a 43-7 win at Nickerson on Friday nights and. Uh, it was great to see the Cowboys have some success. They were taking on Nickerson team that was very, very young, playing a ton of freshmen and sophomores. I'll be intrigued to see if that game plan works in a couple of years for head coach Taylor Bauman, which was great to visit with him prior to the game um, about his, his his team going forward. I'll be very intrigued to see his young team try to grow together over the next couple of years playing varsity football. Goodland. You know, it was a rough season that had a lot of injuries that kind of derailed it. I'm not saying that was the biggest reason why they had a rough season, but when you lose your starting quarterback slash tailback in the first half of the first game of the season, uh, that can really throw some wrenches into things. Cowboys really struggled to run the football all season long. They finally got the running game going down there at Nickerson, had the longest run of the season of 36 yards, a touchdown run by Chayton Goodwin. Uh, Zach Thorson, well, I mean, but, but there were plenty of bright spots, you know, the Cowboys found they have a guy who can pass the ball in Zach Thorson. Uh, ended up having a couple touchdown passes on Friday night. Um, they know they've got a star receiver in Lincoln Cure, who, by the way, was on You Got Mossed on Sunday morning uh, because of a great catch he made down at Nickerson. Uh, so they, they have a bunch of pieces. Uh, the Cowboys have got to find a way. I think the biggest thing for Goodland going into the offseason is how do we go about improving on the lines? How do we get better offensively and defensively in the line play? Um, how do we create more push up front 
in order to run the football and find a way to protect our quarterback just a little bit more so he has just a fraction more time to find more receivers when we have to throw. But I think that would be the biggest thing for me if I was if I was Jordan Mosher, be like, okay, we have to go back to the drawing board and we have to find out how can we create a push up front. That's the biggest thing going forward into next season for me. And, and honestly, that's something that the Cowboys have lacked every year that I can remember. Offensive line play has been somewhat of a weakness for GHS. They have to find a way to be more physical going forward. So that would be my biggest thing going forward. I think there's going to be, I think they're going to have playmakers next year. Chayton Goodwin's back and Lincoln Cure is back. Uh, Jared Quain, who had some nice plays this year. Jesus Saucedo. Um, hopefully, a few guys get back from injury. Uh, Dominic Conti. Uh, they got injured late in the year. Hopefully, they come back and they'll play next year and they'll be back to full strength. There, There's playmakers. The problem is it's hard to have your playmakers make plays when there's nowhere to run or catch the ball. So you've got to find a way to create better push up front, and I'll be intrigued to see what they do going to the drawing board with the offensive and defensive lines going forward for, for Goodland. But they had a great showing against Nickerson. They ended on a high note. How do you, Once again, my question at the end of that game was, how do you bottle all that up and transfer to next season? That's another big thing we'll find out here in the coming uh, in the coming months. But fall sports season is over, folks. It's it, it's it's gone the blink of an eye. Winter sports season is a long season. You know, from December all the way until mid March. Usually, it's a, a very it's you know, good lord, a three and a half four months year. And fall sports are over in a two month span. They're over in the blink of an eye. Uh, but that's just the way it is. One season of the book, two sports seasons to go. Here in the 2023-24 academic year. All right, let's get to a break. Those are weekend winners and losers. We come back. Christian Peck Dimmitt's going to join the program. We visit with him about Colby High School football. Their season came to an end. They lose at number one ranked Cheney. Once again, no offense to the Eagles. Not a surprise. You're playing number one ranked team. A lot of teams have gone there and gotten beat uh, this year. And usually when you're the four seed, you're going to go play the best team in the opposite district and, and face a difficult task. And that's what happens. But overall, a pretty good year. For first-year head coach Ryan Mosier going 4-5, and five, and uh, we'll get Christian Peck Demmitt's thoughts on the season and what to expect going forward, and we'll also maybe touch on his Detroit Lions who play in Monday Night Football tonight. We'll get to that all next. You're listening to The Morning Blitz.